last time on Odyssey. Having been unpleasantly reunited after 20 years, the human members of the band The Aldrins found themselves on a habitat cylinder during a gamma ray burst. To protect themselves from the event, they took shelter inside a mansion on the lake, where they set up some instruments and for the first time since their breakup, performed live together. I'm going to walk up to Charlotte. Hey, uh, Charlotte, how about I join you? Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. The party was hopping, up until there was a tremendous crash outside. All of a sudden, the, uh, a sound comes from outside of the house. This big, like, very loud cracking sound. It almost sounds like, uh, like a car wreck, but one that was, like, you know, huge, like, kind of 50-car pileup kind of thing happening like, right outside the, the area. Investigating the noise, they found that the habitat's motion had gotten off-kilter and they were losing their gravity inside the cylinder. When you go to, to sprint, like, your feet push you, like, way up off of the ground, like, more than you, like, bargained for. And you kind of, instead of going through the door, you just, like, impact on, like, top of the door, like, in the spot <laughs> between the door and the uh, ceiling. James managed to climb into his limousine with his driver, Jeeves, and even rescue Mika along the way. She's able to, um, to, to get in there just from the the way things were were bouncing around and everything too like as she um jumped in like this um metal case with little wheels on it and a handle on one side like kind of um flew in there too allison took charlotte who was very high and also thorn who had been living in the mansion and the maintenance bot that they learned was named mo5 hello i am called mo5 and she got them all down through the safety hatch into the tunnels below ground Everybody made their way to the escape pods at the end of the cylinder that hadn't yet been destroyed, and they began boarding. Allison, Charlotte, Thorne, and MO5 wound up climbing into James Lamb's limousine, and they got the hell out of there. And um, then you hear a voice over the, um, <coughs> the comms. <laughs> We're all filled up in this pod here. We can't take anybody else. The nearest system is chuffed, and we're setting course for the closest world around the chuffed system. Just in time to avoid a catastrophic explosion that destroyed the entire habitat behind them. And then, like, they uh, funnel into the, um, the other pod, and it starts to detach and, and shoot away, like, um, towards the same direction that you guys are going. But then the whole habitat explodes and takes that with it. Fuck! And Charlie will look at everybody and go, So where's the booze on this thing? Ladies and gentlemen, the Aldrins! You know that James Lamb, right? He's got a fucking amazing ass. It's something you could just like bounce pan coins off, right? But I like the rest of the band too, but I mainly just take pictures of their feet. The Aldrins aren't just number one on the charts, uh, they're also number one in my heart. <laughs> Sector 8, let's make some noise! Yeah, back on this Earth planet, we was all musicians, you know what I'm saying? And, and we met at this venue where we was all doing our own thing, but then... A battle us- of the bands, James. Things can be more succinct than you make them. So thanks, everybody. 
Yo, this next song is one that's real near and dear to my heart. Uh, this one is called Noble Girl. Are you fucking kidding me? I am not fucking playing that song, and you know I am not playing that fucking song, James. Uh, yo, this not really the time right now. Few can deny the indelible mark that they have left on our society. But as more and more generations are coming up without their influence, and their solo careers fading, it begs the question, as the story of the Aldrins come to its end. You guys are in uh, hypersleep on your way to the chuffed system and while you're resting a couple of you have some some dreams that play out and uh we're gonna start with allison all of you are pretty much just uh out cold in this space limousine that's flying through the interstellar medium and you guys are kind of just huddled up on the the wraparound couch that exists in here it's not like um a lot of the the movies or anything where you each get these individual tubes um instead you're just uh made into this suspended animation state um that affects all the you know kind of organisms within the um confines of the, the ship uh but that doesn't stop you from dreaming and uh allison you find yourself in um what kind of vehicle did you have back on earth so i'm thinking i would have been driving like a boat of a car because it was cheap oh okay like a like a cadillac or something nothing that nice like a ford cheap ass ford because i would have been in college so let's go with like a ford ltd from like the late 70s i'm guessing around this time uh brown was a very popular color of cars of that size so (laughs) Oh yeah, it was ugly as sin. Like, there's nothing about this that was my choice other than it was a cheap-ass car. Okay, and was it kept up well at all? Or, like, do you have the headliner hanging down and all this kind of stuff? I mean, I tried, but it was old. And it was a piece of shit. So, you know, like, maybe the rust spot got, like, I, I tried my best to make rust go away and, like, it's probably got like a different colored brown and like the headliner is like held up by thumbtacks, you know? Okay. So, <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, you're, you're driving this uh, big boat of a car into um, the parking lot of a, a rather busy nightclub in mm-hmm. um, January of, of 86. And you notice that the, the nightclub is uh, called the Launchpad. And you've been here before. And so you're you're pretty well recognized which where to park and, and where to go in. Sure. And you, you get out of your car, it's like really, really cold. You're you're kinda of shivering a little bit, but um, you, you grab your guitar and a couple of your things and you, you head on inside. And then uh, roll me a perception check. Or notice check. <laughs> I, like, I am always gonna forget that we're playing Savage Worlds. <laughs> 
27. So yeah, the, the first thing you notice is the uh, the gravelly voice of Jimmy Sticks introducing some bands that are starting to take the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, Children's Wig from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then uh, this three-piece band um, comes in and takes the stage. And uh, you quickly notice that for whatever reason, these, these people look weird. Like one of them is really tall with uh, like a long neck and, and blue skin. Um, another one is like got just a really wrinkled and, and gnarled face with like these uh, protrusions around the forehead. And um, another one seems to have like a, like a just one eye just in the, the center of the face. Like, and, and not like up above like where a nose would be, but the direct center of a face. And um, you don't even notice like any sort of uh, mouth to be there. Even though this like slightly in the back of your mind strikes you as odd, it also feels somewhat familiar. So it doesn't necessarily bother you. It doesn't freak me out too bad. Yeah. Okay. And uh, then you also sort of scan the room and you're able to, to notice a couple familiar faces in some rival sort of bands and, and stuff like that. Uh, you notice uh, a young woman with like a cut up, um, used to be a jean jacket and is now more like a jean vest. Okay. And uh, with some spiky uh, mohawk-like hair. And you also notice uh, a guy standing with a couple of other dudes that are like just full blown in um, Adidas track suits with a bunch of gold jewelry hanging around their necks. Okay. And they are centered around a table with uh, some other familiar faces. A, uh, a guy kind of in his middle age. He seems kind of old, but also like uh, has a youthful exuberance to him. And uh, has a mustache and some, some, you know, big, thick Coke bottle glasses. And uh, around his neck is also like jewelry of that seem to have like these charms of every religious uh, thing that you can think of. And then next to him is a uh, total valley girl, like totally specked out in the leg warmers and um, crop top sort of sweatshirt um, and everything and a lot of gaudy jewelry um, as well. And they're all standing together near a table. Okay. Yeah, and as I walk in in this particular instance, I have like super long, straight blonde hair and I'm just wearing kind of... Uh, like a beach dress with like warmer clothing under it because it's so cold but I have to wear the dress on stage it's part of my thing <laughs> so yeah I walk up to them the one with the mohawk would be Charlie the one with the uh, tracksuit would be James Lamb that goes by the the awful moniker uh, Busta Cap <laughs> <laughs> I will never not cringe just even thinking about that. <laughs> oh, um, I know, dude. Busta Cap makes me cringe so fucking much. It was the 80s. <laughs> Everything makes you cringe. You notice the, the man with all the charms on his uh, necklace to be um, Saul Brightman and the uh, woman, the total uh, valley girl uh, get up would be um, Etoile. Etoile? Okay. Yep. Who goes by Eddie? So, Eddie, I didn't think you'd be here. Oh, yes, uh, I of course was going to come. I'd love to see all of my best friends to play their music in front of everyone, and hopefully one of you will win. Also, I bring with me the owner of uh, 
of the record label. <gasps> this is him? I, I'm Saul. Saul Brightman of uh, Bright Records. Saul, I've heard so much about you. Yeah, you. you oh, wow. It's, I, I can't believe I'm meeting you. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, too. Uh, Eddie's told, told me great things about uh, uh, all of you. Well, um, most of all of you. And he looks over at James. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, you know, if, if things go well tonight, then, uh, you know, maybe there might be a, a surprise from, uh, from Bright Records to, to whoever might be the winner here. Get out! Not to put any pressure on you. No way! That would be... Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. Ah! Oh. Hey, uh, you know what? I think I just need a drink. I'm going to walk right. over to the bar because I'm freaking out. Okay. You walk over to the bar and there is a, um, a guy there that... Um, he, he's got like a really, really long sort of uh, head situation going on and like a really kind of outset um, features from his face and uh, also the skin is like this uh, gray color and he has like these uh, deep set red eyes. What would you be having my dear? Uh, 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 sorry uh, I must have been out in the sun too long today. I would like a vodka tonic please. Vodka tonic coming right up and um, he reaches down under the bar and gets the um, the stuff, you know, for it and begins uh, making the drink. And um, at this point, you um, notice things are, like, starting to, to shake. And um, it doesn't seem that anybody else is noticing but you. And as the bartender starts to, like, you know, get the drink put on the counter, like, it's shaking so much that the drink is starting to, like, you know, splash out of the glass. But yeah, he and um, no one else in here is is seeming to take notice to it. Um, okay, I will immediately grab the drink so it doesn't spill all over the place because drinks are expensive and I am poor. <laughs> am I shaking along with everything else or is it just like the things are shaking around me? It feels like a, a sort of mid-grade sort of earthquake. Like you notice that like um, all the physical objects in the room are shaking, just that none of the people are reacting to it. I don't remember there being earthquakes around here. And then as I'm holding the drink, am I able to like get it up to my mouth and just chug it? <laughs> yes, yes you are. Okay. Thanks, gray dude. <laughs> and I'm gonna go stand in a doorway and like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> as you go towards the, the doorway, the closest one is the uh, front door. And okay. as soon as you walk over to that area, the door sort of um, bursts open and there's a, um, a very tall figure with uh, dark sunglasses and like a sort of um, buzz cut military style haircut and um, a, a long dark trench coat that goes almost all the way to the ground. Would you watch where you're going? Don't you feel the earthquake? As you're starting to say this, like, you notice that the words like, leaving your lips are starting to just slow down and everybody else, like, just seems to stop where they are. And um, the only person moving in this situation is the guy in the trench coat as he goes to, like, reach into his jacket and then he starts to pull out this long alien-looking pistol-like thing and starts to, to lift it up towards you. I dive for it to try to get it out of his hands. 
and as you dive you notice that you're still going just like so slow and the closer you get to to it, it it's like slowing you down further and further and um then all of a sudden as soon as it's leveled up towards you like everything goes bright and then everything goes dark and all of a sudden you are in um a van with Saul, Hetty is like has blood all over her like um, chest and center area, and Charlie is driving, and James is kind of um, like in the passenger seat and like turned backwards towards um, you and everybody else in the, the back of the van. Yo, could someone please tell me what the fuck is going on? I second this. Saul starts to open his mouth and speak. But um, you don't hear any like actual words coming out. Um, you just see like his lips moving, and um, you know see the the reactions of um, James like kind of like nodding his head, but then going like you know throwing his hands up and being like, "What the fuck?" You see like the life just sort of leaving Eddie's eyes um, as she like you know kind of drips in and out of consciousness, kind of looking around back and forth to whoever's talking at the moment. Right as uh, you're going through this, like all of a sudden, like the van like strikes something, and you all like you know kind of jar back and forth in your seats, uh, you know, for a second as like sparks fly around the the um, windshield area and stuff like that, and um, everything goes white again and then black, and then you kind of come to consciousness again, and you're like in front of all these lockers in a very like sort of um, like sterilized looking place where where everything is kept incredibly tidy and there are like you know computers and um desks around and and all that kind of stuff the only people are um james and uh and charlie oh they're with me okay and charlie at this point is like going up to one of the lockers and is about to open it whoa 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 i'm not getting on that thing what are we doing (laughs) Charlie is going to um, hand a suit to Allison and hand a suit to James. Okay. And she'll motion zip up. Nah, I'm cool. Like, uh, if you want to go up on that rocket, that's fine. But I'm going to... Yo, there's got to be another way out. I'm going to go back to the car and uh, good luck to you. Peace. Charlie will shrug her shoulders. (laughs) I'm going to head out the door and back down the stairs to the parking lot. You notice that when James opens the door to outside, it's like opening the door into outer space. And like you feel the suction, like just suck, uh, sucking all the atmosphere out of the room as he opens this door and it like sucks him out and he just like kind of just floats off and like you see his uh, skin start to get a layer of crystalline, almost ice or whatever as he like you know floats off and everything like that. And then the door shuts. Charlie, did you to see him be sucked out into space? Am I seeing things? What's going on? Charlie will hold up one finger. One. And she'll like get her eyes wide. One eye. <laughs> I'm she'll this- just wave for you to come on and shake her head. <laughs> I guess I would have the suit on and I would be going to wherever you wanted me to go. Yep, into the shuttle. Yeah, as soon as you have the suit on and you open the door, like, to sort of go 
like up the stairs towards the uh, umbilicus that leads from the you know control tower to the actual um, shuttle, then um, it, it's another situation where the light gets really bright and then dims again, and then you um, wake up in the actual shuttle and like um, it's like you know shaking violently, kind of like how that earthquake was, and you see uh, Charlie at the controls and um, just how uh, the sort of view screens that are ahead of you you see it like lit up like a fourth of july fireworks session and stuff and you guys are just flying through all this chaos and everything and like you you just feel like pinned back to the seat like you can barely move you look over and you you see that um there's another figure in a, a spacesuit like in the third seat and then you also see uh saul and he's like just standing up not buckled into a seat or anything and um, is is standing up like perpendicular to like the force that is pulling you back into the seat and um, it looks like it's not affecting him at all and you see him like uh, seemingly yelling something towards um, Charlie but you don't hear any of the words of it things start shaking a whole lot and you see Charlie like frantically hitting buttons and then um, trying to adjust things and then uh, finally she smacks the like control panel down with her fist on this like one thing and like there's like a huge heave of force like the ship just like got a extra boost of speed like it just dropped something and then there's like another like huge violent um, shaking and like an explosion just happened right behind you guys and then with that explosion everything goes white in the windscreen in front of you guys then everything goes dark again and you find yourself like it seems like a room that would be aboard a space vessel of some kind. And there's kind of seats around the outer perimeter. There's a big table in the middle. And um, you find yourself laying down on that table in the middle and you just feel like an excruciating pain in your, um, like in your chest, like kind of down near where your stomach is. Like I'm laying on the table? Yep, you're laying on the table and um, Charlie and James and um, other people that you you feel familiar with but you can't just quite put your finger on it in this situation are like you know trying to hold you down and, and keep you from um, like hurting yourself even more yeah I'm definitely thrashing about for sure what are you doing let me go as you're doing this like you you feel like that pain just like swelling up and it just feels like there's something inside you about to burst out and like even this situation it feels like somewhat familiar but also somewhat alien roll a notice check for me okay nine okay so at this point you um you're able to get an arm free you put it close to your to your mouth you you feel like something's dripping from your from your mouth and you, you put your hand on it and then like look up at it and there's just like uh, blood everywhere on your hand from where you just touched your face. And then um, then it happens, the, the pain just comes to a, a point of just being excruciating and this alien creature just bursts out of your chest and you recognize it to be the thing from that movie you saw a few years ago called Alien. And um, it jumps out and it just like, um, starts to run around the, the cabin of this area and everybody else is like freaking out and trying to figure out what to do. Don't hurt my baby! <laughs> and then this uh, this dream comes to an end. <laughs> then we go to uh, 
to Charlie. Your dream starts out um, in a similar sort of reminiscent place. Y- you guys are also aboard the, the space shuttle, but you're far away from from where you had started. In fact, uh, you hazily remember it seemed like you went straight into what looked like a black hole. Everything was just weird in here, but it, it happened in- incredibly slowly, but also too fast to really recognize a lot of what was going on like almost as if you were in a sort of suspended animation during all of this after going through the end of that um you end up coming to like a completely foreign um sort of space on the other side of that where you know that you're in a what would seem to be another galaxy or whatever you just don't really see that many stars like the sky is is almost empty compared to when you were on this journey before the sky was almost full of stars everywhere you looked I guess I will uh, look over at Saul and kind of shrug my shoulders and then sign at him what's going on well we just made it through the fold so uh, that went well I wasn't 100% sure that the ship could handle it but uh, it was worth a try we had to, to get out of the Milky Way um, so this is the great attractor as, as you guys would know it. Homie, I still don't feel so good. <laughs> you got any Pepto-Bismol on this shit? He kind of looks around <laughs> and, and everything and starts to kind of check through a couple of cabinets. And then, um, sure enough, yeah, he finds uh, a jar of uh, milk of magnesia. <laughs> and, and hands it to you. You see me pop the lid and just chug this thing down to its last dregs. As James is uh, drinking it, you notice that you, Charlie, it looks like the blue milk from Star Wars. <laughs> when I when I pull the bottle down, my entire mouth is covered in blue milk, almost like Joker makeup, and I just wipe it with my whole sleeve, and I it won't go off, and I keep wiping at it, and the blue milk is staining my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like you were drinking straight from an air, airplane <laughs> toilet. It's almost like that scene in Ernest and where he's eating the ink it's just the blue milk is spreading and pretty soon my entire face is covered in blue milk (laughs) oh by the way in this situation you guys are in zero g so you guys are just like floating around in this um this space shuttle yo thanks man i feel way better how am i looking uh saul looks over at you charlie with like the look of should we tell him she'll sign at him it's better if he doesn't know. <laughs> All right. And um, the scene, just like you remember it being a lot longer for some reason um, in the situation, it like almost just goes by really fast. Before not too long, you guys are coming up to a spot to where you just, instead of space being almost completely black, instead of space being almost completely you start to see these uh faint dim lights start to see these uh faint dim lights on the what would effectively be the horizon as time goes by there's just more and more and then and then and then as you um start to get closer you realize that you're going through these uh, a lot of them have like sort of um blinking effects on them and then through more and more of these things as you come up to them and go past you start to see a faint light faint light that's very big in the center of all this very big very big big center of all this 
again, you just go through more and more of these uh, systems of different varying degrees of colors and, and blinking structures and stuff like that, blinking structures and stuff like that, and then it, you become aware that you're getting near to a star that was just surrounded by tons and tons of these things surrounding it that seem like their own worlds of their own, but smaller than a, a planet, but yet smaller than a smaller than a, a planet, but seem yet. to be very. Uh, vibrant and you see other vehicles just going um, to and from a lot of these and things. eventually you come up to this uh, this one that seems to just stretch out forever it ends up forming kind of like a ring around this uh, this star that is longer than you can even perceive in your sight your ship sort of uh, Saul takes control by the way and he kind of does some stuff with the controls you steer the ship to where you're kind of um, flying perpendicular with this thing flying flying perpendicular with this thing and you slowly get down towards it and it's kind of hard to see with the way that the windshield is on, on the, the space shuttle since it's kind of mounted on the top of the ship and you're having to and you're having to, most of the movement is happening underneath where the ship is but eventually you um, come into contact with this ring and start to, to slow down quite a bit you all have to kind of brace yourself on the, the seats and other kind of structures inside this thing then everything starts to speed up again and you just see uh, people come and go inside of the space shuttle and sort of talk to Saul and go back out and then like other people will come and see you and they're like, like other people will come and see you and doing like, all sorts of what looks to be like inspections on you and stuff they're looking at your skin they're like taking flashlights and looking in your eyes they're again talking to Saul and talking to your other compatriots and everything like that but eventually but eventually they lead you out of the ship and you are led from place to place place to place place around this like completely alien area where nobody seems to speak anything that you understand and you're uh, brought to this this, uh bug looking creature creature. that uh the closest thing that you could probably put a finger on this thing that you could probably put a finger on would be like a praying mantis would like uh, except that a lot of the limbs are in the wrong places and this thing has in its bug-like face um mandibles that uh you find they're very reminiscent to like a really big thick uh mustache 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 <laughs> she'll uh just kind of look at it and wait for something to happen because i assume she still hasn't understood anything that anybody said to her nope um and yeah so like the this thing he he comes up to you and uh again he he seems to have a conversation with uh saul and all of this is still kind of going in in fast motion and everything and he like um puts this thing on your head and you see him like do the same thing with uh with the other two and then all of a sudden you start to be able to understand what everybody else is saying and you get the the gist of the conversations to be like you know um you know asking what all that just happened and uh what you know are these things what are they made of all that kind of stuff and uh you hear this um this bug creature say um well this is going good um we are getting all the information these creatures are far more advanced than i thought She'll sign at him. What is going on? Oh, well, to establish communication, we're uh, scanning your inner cortex and uh, 
reestablishing what it is that you uh, sense as communications and, and other things. We're also doing a um, memory scan, downloading basically anything we can to help us uh, figure out what's going on and um, how we can better uh, ease things along with the communication. She'll sign to him, am I tripping? Um, he kind of uh, gives you a weird look which uh is somehow familiar it doesn't look anything like what we would do as a raised eyebrow but as this like scan goes further and further and you're able to pick up more and more on the languages of um these other things that you're interacting with you recognize what he does as a a sort of raised eyebrow thing she'll just uh nod to herself and assume yes is the answer (laughs) and then um eventually you hear him go oh dear and um, then he comes up to you directly, and he has this, like, collar-looking thing. He goes and, and starts to put it around your, your neck. She'll, like, kind of push it away and sign it, and what the fuck are you doing? Oh, this'll fix you right up, uh, make you perform just like your, your friends here. What does that mean? You're injured. This'll help you. That's not possible. He goes to try to put it on your neck again. She'll kind of shrug and let him do it. You notice that when he does, like, um, like you, you, I'll say you sigh, and then when you do that, like, some sound comes out and you actually hear it. And that's the first time you've heard anything close to a voice from yourself uh, in quite some time. Did that? Holy shit, I, I am fucking tripping. I'm, or I'm dead. I'm dead, aren't I? What? How did I die? You know some nice pipes you got there, Charlie. Let me assure you, you're not dead. Where are we? What is going on? This is insane. This is insane. He kind of leaves you for a second and he's going up to some other panels and, and like video screens and stuff. And all of a sudden he like um, throws both of his hands up in the air and then puts them on his head. And he's like, can you believe this? Look, look, oh, you have some great things in your world. And um, he he starts, like, hammering away on one of the control panels, and you see him um, bring up what you recognize as um, a synthesizer. And he's talking about how all the circuits work and and all the the ways that they make sound, and and it's the most fascinating thing to him. Even though there's he's basically found almost all of the technology that uh, you have to offer in your memory and everything like that, but this one thing he's really taking a shine to. Saul, did, did the Earth explode? Well, it's um, it's hard to say. With with everything that was going on, I, I kind of didn't um, didn't really look back. It doesn't seem good, and there's no telling what happened after after we got further and further away. Oh. And at this point, um, like time seems to like speed up really fast again, and you just see like a blur of um, more and more of this um, experimentation and analyzation of of you three go on with a bunch of different people. You see uh, Saul sort of like say his goodbyes to the the creature and to you guys and and just go away. Then like you see almost like a a montage sort of situation of you guys going through all these um, experiences of um, like learning different things about this place and, and going to different worlds and everything like that eventually you get to um a point where you're back with this um with this bug creature and uh he's um kind of blindfolded you all and he leads you into this room and um then you take off your blindfolds 
and he has meticulously recreated um, just every instrument you can think of. What is the bug creature's name? I would assume by this point we'd gotten it. At this point, um, because of the thing that was the, the first instrument that he sort of gravitated to, it was a Moog synthesizer, or Moog, as a lot of people call it. And so, um, yeah, you would call him uh, Moog, and he seems to be completely fine with that. This is great, Moog. Yeah, I thought you'd like it. Um, yeah, these, these things are fine. They work very well. Try it. Go ahead. She'll uh, go over and she'll take a guitar and plug it into an amp. And I think that when she hears the tubes cut on, she'll be especially surprised. Oh, yeah. And it takes a little while for them to warm up where the you know sound starts to get good. Yeah. And I think that she uh, specifically goes and and finds a Telecaster. I think that she prefers those. Okay. Yeah, she'll start to kind of play it a little bit and say, uh, I don't want to complain, but is there any way that we could get this same one in black? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Uh, yeah, I can do that. Um, just give me a a minute here. I'll I'll tweak this here. And, uh, he seems to go up to like a completely different panel on the wall and just turn the dial and you notice that the color on the Telecaster just starts to switch through a bunch of colors <laughs> and, and fade and, uh, and then finally it hits a black. Yo, I dig that melody, but I, I think we should take it in a different direction, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you could accompany my vocals better. What now? No, I was just thinking that uh, you came up with a good melody on that Telecaster Strata thing that you got there, but maybe you could accompany my vocals better. You know, this whole thing's not all about you, you know what I'm saying? Right. No, you're right. It's definitely not, James. Um, sure, let me... Let me see what I can do. And I think she'll start playing, like, incredibly fast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna start rapping to it, and as you play, you start to see my head bobbing and stuff start to vibrate and it gets kind of blurry and I just turn into a big motion blur what the fuck yeah I'll say that like um, yeah this whole um, dream starts to to play out like that like it's going in fast motion again where it's just like um, you guys like practicing and going like from instrument to instrument and like occasionally going and writing stuff down and then getting back to the instruments and like you know starting to actually like record this stuff and everything and um and yeah that that's the way your your dream sort of um starts to to fade and then um which brings us to to james um what's going on in your dream we're between shows we've already started our musical journey in space after we've left earth and we're currently on our tour bus What is our bus like? Is it like this limousine? Is it just kind of a shuttle of sorts? Your tour bus is the Space Shuttle Challenger. It's just been retrofitted with um, a lot of the things that uh, make it work in this, uh, you know, modern society and modern technology and stuff. So you have engines that work off of the, um, what they're called. Um, The power of love. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Is it the Huey Lewis and the News Engines? So, um, ba- basically, there's like these um, 
it, it's kind of like the interstate system, but instead of using roads or whatever, it's like beams of uh, light energy that are shot between systems and stuff. And like basically anything that's in those lanes is able to collect that energy and use it to, you know, propel themselves in a constantly accelerating state in the one direction. And then when they get to the certain point, they start getting the um, same energy to slow down at the rate that they would have to. And so, um, yeah, you're able to constantly accelerate one way, then constantly decelerate in a way to, to fastest go through, um, through these areas and stuff. And so this has that kind of technology to, to make use of that. And so for all intents and purposes, it has like regular gravity on board. Good thing for Jane. Yeah. It's around what we would all probably consider to be lunchtime. And we're all in kind of the, whatever the break room would be or the, the mess room. And um, we're just throwing ideas across the table and reflecting on our show that we just had. And I think James is going to say, uh, yo, that shit last night was banging, but uh, it got me thinking, you know what I'm saying? like. Maybe we should try and just kind of take this whole, this band image that we've got, you know, as far as marketing and shit, like, I feel like I'm the one that's up there on stage and I'm the one that's mostly throwing out all the lead vocals, you guys do some backups, but I think the people are mostly going to recognize me and uh, I've got the most stage presence, so I was thinking that maybe, you know, when we do interviews and promo shots, maybe you should guys just kind of introduce me as like the the leader or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Fucking, I'm kind of the front man. So what's so funny? Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. You were being serious. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like I'm up there on stage. You know, what I'm saying kind of front and center, and I'm doing a lot of the the vocals and shit. You... I, I just think that maybe I'm kind of the face of the band, and it'd be good for marketing. Well, you you were behind um, coming into the second verse in uh, "You'll Always Have Me," and that uh, you know, frankly, is unacceptable. You forgot some of the lyrics, uh, James. Maybe you should concentrate a little bit more on doing your job well instead of attention whoring. I'm just saying. Now you don't need to do it too well if you captured the the presence of the audience, the attention and everything. You've got that whole vibe going in the thing. They'll forgive you. You can just kind of, and I kind of improv, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of my thing is that when I'm up there and I got this energy and if I forget a lyric, I could just lay some shit down. That's what the boys and I used to do back in the back alley. We would just fucking come up with bars, freestyle and shit, you know what I'm saying? You're not bust a cap anymore. Hold on, and she'll pull a, a, a joint out and light it up and hit it a couple times and she'll, like, offer it to Allison. Yeah, that, that would be good right now. Yo, when I was Busta Cap in the Rhyme Crimes, we would lay some sick bars. Back in the day, we used to call it uh, freestyling and shit, you know what I'm saying? I could just gotta brush up on it, you know? If that's what you're interested in, why didn't you say so? We can, we can absolutely do some sort of a Beastie Boys type thing. I can, you know, I can rhyme a little bit too. I'm feeling like we're still kind of developing our image and our our style, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't want to impose my my own ideas upon you when we first got this thing rolling, but we're kind of deep in this now, and I think that maybe that we should evolve, you know what I'm saying? Better than staying stagnant. 
Well, I think our our sound has changed quite a bit over the the short time we've been writing things together. Yeah, I wanted to 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 talk to you about that. So, like for example, Charlie, you got this weird kind of atmospheric shit that you've been doing and stuff. I don't feel like it really jives with what I'm trying to do with my vocals. You know, what I'm saying maybe you could accommodate me with more sick beats and maybe just melodies throughout. That I don't know. I just feel like this is really cerebral. The stuff that you got going on. I'm impressed you know the word cerebral. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> the applause. No, really, uh, James, I'm impressed as well. <laughs> Yo, fuck what, you. <laughs> what if instead, obviously I have, you know, done a little bit more with the drum machine work since you have requested it. And I think I can probably accommodate you a little bit, but you could also meet me in the middle, perhaps. And... I don't know, try and learn to sing a melody or two. Yeah, I don't know if you was one to talk, you know what I mean? You just got your voice, and I've been doing this for years, so I don't know who you are to judge right. me. Right, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying that I'm trying to do things that come naturally, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to do things to accommodate you, James. Look, I know I'm not the greatest singer, you know what I'm saying? I just, maybe the, the rat thing's as far as I You're can You're also go. not great with instruments, James. That's why Allison and I exist. <laughs> to provide you a backing track, right? And so we still get a little bit of input into what that backing fucking track is going to be. Do what we I'm not? thinking is that because that this is kind of my, I don't know if you want to call it a, a disability or a limitation, like this is all I can do. But the fact is that without me, you know, you'd just be this two-piece band, but I'm the front man, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm bringing this kind of image to your set that I think that maybe you should accommodate me because this is, this is what I've got that I can bring to the table. So I don't know how much of a creative vision that you can have when I'm the one that you're dependent on for this whole band thing to work. You know what I'm saying? You gotta accommodate me on this shit. Allison is just going to take the bottle of vodka that she was preparing a drink, take one last drag of the joint, hand it back to Charlie, and then take the bottle and leave as far away as she can. As you're as you're standing up to leave, I crumple up the paper of lyrics that I've been writing and I throw it down on the floor in amidst the pile of other papers. <sighs> you know, James, there's a fucking trash can over there. Yeah, I'm never that good at basketball, you know what I'm saying? Probably end up on the floor anyway. It's seven fucking steps away. Yo, I got a, this creative zone that I get in, you know what I'm saying? If I just take every time to, to crinkle up a paper and go seven steps to throw it in the trash, it might ruin that shit. I gotta, I gotta focus in on this shit, you know what I'm saying? I'll clean it up later. James, there is literally nothing that you have ever come up with that is so fucking important that you need to keep working on it for every single second. Not once. Guys are always up in my grill, you know what I'm saying? Fucking laying your dishes out here. You didn't rinse them. You didn't let them soak. You know what I'm saying? Well, I got things to do. You know, I'm I'm doing a lot of work in this band. It's I don't got time to wash the dishes. It's fucking decency, you mongoloid. Oh, I was complaining about me that I didn't make my bed or whatever. Like fucking left my clothes out. Well, you know what I mean? I got this thing where I just I fixate on stuff. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily even see the mess around me. You gotta just cut me some slack. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear you griping all the time. You're always on my back and always on my case. Some people call that selfish, James. And you'll see a little fuzzy creature uh, that I've gotten at the last planet we were on. <laughs> poke its head out of a pocket on my um, 
shirts that I'm wearing. Yo, 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 you want to talk about common decency? How about not bringing animals on board every time in this communal space that we got? Everywhere, everywhere we go, you find this new little critter that you want to add the other fucking day. I found this lizard ass shit in my bunk. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That shit scared the shit out of me. Achoo! And the dander. There's so much dander in the air. <laughs> As as y'all are saying this, the um the little furry creature that is crawling out of uh, Allison's pocket, it starts to grow these little wings, and then it like flies directly at James's face. Motherfucker! I'm gonna take out my taser and start trying to shoot it down out of the air. All right, roll a uh, fighting um, fighting roll. Five minus two. That is not gonna hit. This little thing is pretty agile. <laughs> what you do hit is yourself. <laughs> and then as you tase yourself um, you're like jolted up awake and everything and you see um, you see MO5 like literally right on top of you like trying to shake you awake James Lamb please awaken uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. what the fuck is going on there is something that I think you need to see yeah what, what's up and uh, he walks over to like the front of the um, space limo thing and uh, points to a view screen on that view screen you can see like a um, like a, a news station playing among the dead on board of FTTCL 1980 it is believed that the famous band the Aldrins were on board and all of them have been affirmed to be deceased and they go through like the whole list of the other people on board that would have died oh holy shit they think we're dead how long have been out and he looks down at the thing um the control panels and stuff like that and um he says it has been three months and four days oh, i was having this weird fucking dream about something i don't remember it was like a weird critter flying at me or some shit where are we getting this broadcast from? Is this from some fucking galaxy or something that's nearby? Roll me a common knowledge check. Fourteen. Alright, so uh, yeah, you can quickly gather the information on the screen that it's a um, local news station out of the Chuff system. You would also gather that they probably are an affiliate with, you know, a lot of the core systems and stuff. So this news is probably spreading pretty fast that you all have died. Oh, I see right there. It's the Chuff system. I've seen them around. They broadcast to the other places. You think this news is probably getting out? I think it probably is. Fucking. I would assume so. How close are we? Can I wake my other friends back there? It would appear that we are to make landfall in Chuffed relatively quickly within a few hours yeah fuck it I gotta wake them up they gotta see this shit this is whack uh, maybe I could attend my own memorial service you know what I'm saying <laughs> and and you would know um, just being on these things enough and, and everything through the years that there's a um, a control panel that would um, basically bring people out of the hypersleep uh, I'm gonna activate that over the course of a few minutes um, you start to see people starting to kind of stir around and, and begin the process of, uh, of waking up Charlie is the uh, first to wake up and you also notice that uh, Mika and, um, and Thorne are still aboard too 
and they're, they're starting to uh, wake up as well. I'm going to look into the back seat and say, Yo, welcome back to the land of living, homie. We got a problem on our hands. Well, not a real problem, you know what I'm saying? Just a kind of a general publicity problem. Like, everybody thinks we're dead. And Allison, when you start to wake up, um, you're starting to get your senses slowly back. Just like how your dream ended, um, you feel something like moving around your, your chest and you, you feel like this um, sort of sharp sensation um, like just uh, above where your, uh, where your stomach is and um, you can feel like um, almost like something warm there. Uh, uh, guys? And I'm going to stand up very quickly. You see this lizard creature with three tails like <gasps> fall off of you and tumble to the ground and then scurry off to like, you know, go under the, the sort of round couch thing. Harold! Jesus, I thought it was going to be... Oh, I had the worst dream. Are, are we Are we there? Actually, you are all dead. Charlie is going to pop a couple of pills and take a swig of a drink uh, at that. <laughs> Do go on. You all died when the FTT CL1980 explosion happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying up here on the screen, you know what I'm saying? The fucking news is broadcasting that we just kicked the bucket back there on that uh, weird space station thing. Oh, right. Oh, man. All my animals are gone. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, well, Harold, but... We're about a few hours out. Uh, you guys got anything you need to do when we get back to this galaxy? Hmm. Do you guys think that we would still owe debt if we're dead. <laughs> it depends on the galaxy and the, the planet that you're talking about. Some of them don't consider death to be much of a hindrance. I think in most galaxies, probably you're off the hook. I think I'm going to stay this way. And she's going to take another drink of uh, liquor. Yeah, um, roll, uh, Tim, roll a... Uh... I would say an academics check. Well, that's a three. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're not completely sure. Um, you have the, the slightest idea that, like, maybe in some places debt would kind of carry over and stuff, and, and they would be able to, you know, communicate that if, if you were seen alive somewhere else or whatever, but you're not really sure. You're at least confident right now that uh, you have nothing to worry about. Perfect. I mean, like, she's really, like, just waking up and kind of in a really rotten spot, so I don't think that it that she would think about the fact that she's ultra-famous and people would recognize her places. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely thought of that before you even brought it up. It just didn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah. You guys ever been to this, uh, this planet we're going to? You see Thorn start to wake up, and, like, he's been kind of vaguely listening to all the conversation going on. And he's like, oh, man, um, Chuffed isn't really, like, a, a planet. I mean, there is a planet there, but, um, you know, the whole system's mainly like a, a mining colony. There, There's still, you know, stuff you can get there, but, the, yeah, they're mainly just matter mining the, the whole place until they're, you know, just done with it. The, the star itself is, is like variable, so it's not a real habitable place a lot of times, unless you're in like, you know, just a, a really fortified, you know, kind of thing. 
Yo, that's bullshit. I didn't sign up to go to some industrial-ass mining complex. You know what I'm saying? I'm more fucking... Thought we were going to a real city, you know what I'm saying? Place where we can get James. Are you seriously bitching? We're fucking alive, James. Are you kidding me? Yeah, this whole thing was no, bullshit. No, you, know you two are alive. I am going to go by the name. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Sam. Samantha. I like it. Sam. Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Sammy. Samantha. I like it. Sammy. Kind of like Charlie, only not. You know, I'm not saying there's not, like, cities there or anything. I'm just saying that, like, you know, it's not like, you know, one of the the, the core colonies or anything like that, you know? You know, I had a dream about you two. You dream about us? Yeah, it was back on the tour bus. Remember those, those fucking days where we used to sit around the table and argue and shit? That's what I dreamed about. Oh, you were talking about them. I, I thought you meant, like, me and Mika... Um, you know, that would have been weird, right? <laughs> and she, uh, like, kind of looks at him and uh, then looks at you guys and then nods really uh, vociferously. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember much about it. I just remember there was this weird winged creature flying at me. Like, remember you used to bring that shit on board. Everywhere we'd go, you'd pick up a new creature and fucking... And I remember there was this one time there was this freaky lizard-ass thing in my bed and freaked the shit out of me. I don't miss that. Yeah, it was always great to put a lizard in your bed. And snakes were better. Uh, when you say that, the lizard kind of halfway crawls out from under the, the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that tour bus, though. I miss that table and that hangout spot, you know what I'm saying? It was great for creativity and just writing shit down. And Yo, Allison, you and I used to have a, to write some good shit around that table. Yeah, well... Yeah, me and Charlie. What's your new name, Charlie? Fucking Sam? Sam Samantha, I think. Yo, Sam Samantha. And I should I... have a new voice to go with it too. Sam Samantha. Sam Samantha. I like it. Fucking Sam Samantha used to be all up in my grill when I'd be writing shit. You know what I'm saying? She butt heads with me constantly. She was never agreeable. Remember that, Sam Samantha? All your bullshit back in the days of the tour bus. Charlie 100% does not respond or acknowledge because <laughs> she's already forgot that she's going by Sam Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker used to be high all the time anyway. Everywhere we go, we'd get blazed and fucking bring your sketchy-ass friends on board. It's a wonder we never had the cops on our tail. I'm saying fucking all the shit she brought on board. I have to use the restroom. I'll be right back. I have to use the restroom. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard being on, on tour like that. Like... Oh, gosh. You probably don't even remember him, but there was Zandu from that one... What was the name of the planet? But anyway, like, I brought him back, and Charlie was doing her thing, and he turned blue. Do you remember that guy? Yo, that shit was whack. What was it? He took some fucking shit that Charlie had and turned him blue, right? Because of his species or whatever. Yeah, like, apparently... If you uh, do cocaine on that planet and you're from that planet, you just turn blue. It was really weird. Homie was pissed. Yeah. I wish I could turn blue. <laughs> I think that'd be pretty cool. I'm sure she's got something in there. We could probably see what we could do for you. Are you from that? Oh, gosh. What was that planet's name? Rick Ross or some shit. Rick, Rick, Rick Ross. Or... Oh, is it Rick Ross? Was that the one? 
yeah oh that planet's dope yeah i i heard about that place yeah uh, my family turned humanoid like a, a few generations ago so you know we got the same physiology as as you all they my parents were big fans of you guys like you know that's why we had the records and everything uh, well Allison, weren't you dating that homie <laughs> yeah well i mean as much as you can when you're on a planet for a few months but yeah he was really sweet that didn't go too well after he turned blue huh i guess you're not into blue guys <laughs> more like he wasn't into me after my friend turned him blue yeah charlie really blew it uh. <laughs> <laughs> you hear thorn start laughing <laughs> and then when thorn starts laughing you hear mo5 start laughing <laughs> very good i enjoyed that <laughs> yeah, we used to make the greatest. We'd get like completely plastered. You know what I'm saying? We'd be sitting around that table, and it would just be like the funniest shit at the time. And then we reflect on it the next day and be like, Nah, man, that shit was not funny. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh my gosh, you yeah. Like when we would sit there and we would record all of our whatever we were saying, and then there was the one time that we had that whole riff going, and then my little lizard popped out, and you just freaked out and we caught it on camera but then we were able to use the the sound and and that was a really cool track that that charlie was able to lay with your scream that was so funny as you say that um james make a notice check that's an eight all right so you notice it and it's almost in sync with when she says little lizard that the little lizard that's on board slowly crawls out from under the um the seats here and then starts to like put one of its little claws on your leg to like like it's about to climb up your leg. Fuck! Get the fuck away from me! It's like <laughs> hanging onto your leg and foot, like it's like trying to do the rodeo. I immediately start kicking it off and trying to like shake, and I I like kind of get up in my seat and forget that I'm buckled in, and I immediately start struggling with the buckles to get them off. I'm like fuck! All right, fuck. roll a um athletics check. <laughs> I'm just laughing. <laughs> Eight. Okay. So yeah, you um you kick the thing off of you, and it like kind of um flies a- across the the car here, and then um like scurries back underneath the the seats again. <laughs> you know, you haven't changed much since we uh, were torn. Shit. This is just giving me the PTSD. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, James, it's just a little lizard. He's not going to hurt you. Fucking piece of shit-ass lizard. <sighs> yeah, you haven't changed much either. Allison, roll, roll me a uh, notice check. That's a five. So you can hear it, like, uh, lightly whimpering underneath the sofa there. I'll, I'll reach under there and grab him. When you reach down under there, you notice that there's, like, a, um, like a metal case like almost like a metal like luggage sort of thing that's all battered up and it's like kind of lodged under the seat um like it like flew up in there and like kind of got stuck okay i'll pull that out along with the lizard okay uh you notice that there's like a sort of like the lock mechanism on it is like all busted up like it was hit with um with something like sharp and heavy this is your um limo right Technically, it belongs to Jeeves here, but uh, I just ride in it. Well, uh, do you have any idea what this is? And I'll hold it up. I assume it's like a suitcase, briefcase kind of thing. 
Yeah, it's like one of those with the wheels on the one side and the like little handle that extends out and, and everything like that. Okay. I'm gonna look back into the back seat. Do I recognize it? Um, roll a. Yeah, I would say like probably just a a notice. Like, um, yeah, you would notice if you remembered it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> That's probably the closest thing. Four. Yeah, you you remember seeing that thing and you remember it was with that um that weird guy with the kind of messed up blonde hair that um kind of spazzed out and like um you know got into it with charlie and then like uh stormed out of there dragging it in the sand at the camp and then like uh you vaguely remember during like when every all the chaos was happening when the the place was like kind of halfway blowing up you went to try to rescue um mika and um travis and that, you know, dude with the hair, and then, like, because of all the stuff going on with the twisting habitats and the the force of gravity, you know, shifting around as these things bounced against each other and the, the rocky outer shell and everything like that, that um, when you pulled Mika on board, this thing just, like, you know, flew in um, behind her. Actually, I do remember that shit. I forgot. I've been asleep so long, but Mika, this came in when you got in the, in the fucking limo. You remember this... You know what this is? Oh, I think it came in with one of the new recruits. That that kind of weird one that had the the dust up with um, with your friend here, and, he, and then she points at Charlie, or um, Sam, <laughs> Samantha. <laughs> hey, maybe there's some C notes inside. Why don't you open up, and take a look? All right, and so uh, you open it up, and you see um, first of all, there's uh, some recording equipment in there. And then also, uh, you see this thing that is like a metal square device that has, uh, lights kind of blinking and, and flashing on it and stuff. And it's making this sound like a, um, sort of And it seems to have a few controls on it. The fuck? You know what this shit is, Nika? No, I don't, I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird i did hear it uh at one point though when i helped the guy get into into that thing could i roll like a research or a science maybe use whichever one you prefer okay we'll go research popcorn popcorn 13 so uh in researching this thing you pick it up and kind of look it over you know study what the what the readouts are, are doing on it and all that kind of stuff and um you turn it off and then as soon as you do you notice that um all of your phones everybody that's got one on board um you start getting just like notification after notification um like you know coming into your phones and, and all that stuff and um as soon as you go to check any of your um your phones you just get message after message of like Oh my God, is it true? Like, are you guys okay? Like, w w call me back. Like, what is going on? And it's just like endless messages and, and stuff and um, of those uh, type on there. This motherfucker was blocking our signals. What the fuck? Mika? Um, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I saw him breaking the lock on it after he had gotten it stuck with you guys um you know i i helped him find an axe for it and but um after that i told him that he had to you know get out of there that you know the new recruits weren't allowed in the storage buildings yet or or anything like that you know 
Yo, all this whole time I thought I just had a shitty signal like we was out in the boonies or some shit and he was I had I could have connected all this time this motherfucker had brought this briefcase on board. Yo, it was that crazy blonde guy I remember now I'm thinking back on it. Who was that? Remember he's hanging out with you. Oh, he was just uh one of the the new recruits. I I don't even remember his name. He was with us in the in the boat when everything started crashing and and, and everything and as she starts to sort of remember all that and and like sort of relive it um she remembers what happened to travis and she you know starts to kind of stutter a little bit and then you see tears welling up in her eyes and then she breaks down and and starts uh sobbing i'm gonna wait for allison to do something about it (laughs) Uh, like you're a um, woman right you understand feelings (laughs) do you actually say that no, I'm just, that's the impression I'm giving you. Okay, just the Yeah, helpless. even Thorn, who knows her quite well, is still, like, awkward in this situation. He's just kind of looking on the ground oh. and scratching the back of his neck. Oh, Mika, um, yeah, it, uh, um, come here, honey. And I'll just, like, And she hug her. she goes to you and, and hugs you back, yeah. Well, I guess I gotta... A lot of messages to go through up here, so uh, I'm just gonna catch up on shit. <laughs> I'm just gonna look down at my phone and start beep pooping. <laughs> okay. So, how do you plan on replying to these messages to like let anybody know you're okay or anything, or, or what's your plan here? No, at the moment, I'm just gonna scroll through everything. <laughs> Try to avoid. Such a boy. <laughs> <laughs> Stereotypical man. <laughs> People are afraid you're dead and you don't bother to respond. <laughs> Coming up with a game plan. Um, I'm gonna, after a little while, I'm gonna say, uh, well, Allison, what you got to do when we get to this planet? Anything, uh, you know, pending? Given my, my thing with those animals, that was, as far as I knew, that was going to be at least a year... I mean, all of my stuff on the planet is taken care of. My husband will be dead by the time I get back, so... He didn't want to leave the planet. Fuck. What? So, um, you would know that, um... Like, especially uh, a spouse or someone like that would probably be on, like, a sort of, um... A sink with you as far as, like... They would put themselves in hypersleep, you know, until, like, you know, communications would come up between you guys and stuff. And so they wouldn't be living, like, every day of of life, you know, in the time that you were gone and all that kind of stuff. If he's heard I'm dead, he would have probably come out of his hypersleep. No, I get it. Like, you got shit to sort out, but I'm just saying, like, if you got downtime on this planet or whatever, I was just, I don't know, maybe you want to hang out or grab a drink or maybe jam or some shit and write some stuff like the old days. You would also know that, like, uh, the speed of information happens at the speed of light, and so there's going to be some time lag between when the event happens and when news of the event would get to, like, you know, far off places. So, in theory, he would just be finding out now. Probably, yeah. Like, I get it if you don't want to, but I'm just saying, maybe put the invitation out there if you feel up for it or whatever. It's not like I got a lot to do on this planet. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't either for the moment. We gotta arrange some transportation, but other than that, I'm theoretically here for another... I don't even know, how long have we been on here? Three months and four days. Oh, well, that's handy. 
I am very handy. <laughs> hey, you want to hang with us, Charlie, or you got some drugs to buy? I don't know who you're talking to, James. Oh, I'm sorry. Sam, Samantha, Sam, Sammy, Samantha. Sure, I'll come and accompany you. <sighs> and she is already swaying like her pupils are fucking massive. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to sometimes, if it's going to be this, the real Charlie or the drug Charlie. I mean, they're kind of the same person. We can forgive you this once, James, just this once. I roll my eyes and face forward again. <laughs> so do you guys mind if I, like, tag along too? Like, uh, I don't know if you remember, but my house blew up and, like, you know, I'm kind of out of a job now. <laughs> Listen, Thorn, you're welcome to come. We don't always get along. Um, we'll try to be nice, but... I'd feel real bad if you had something thrown at your head and you, you know, died. Thorn! Thorn! Can I tell you a secret? Uh, yeah, sure. I have to walk like a velociraptor, otherwise I'll shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Oh, man. You want me to do it, too? Yes! We can't have shitty pants. <laughs> He starts walking around like a velociraptor. Yo, this is shit we had to put up with back in the day on stage, you know what I'm saying? Fucking grandstand full of people and we'd have to put up with this motherfucker walking around like a velociraptor and shit. Oh, do you remember though? She started that whole dance craze. That was amazing. Yeah, that's a great thing to be remembered for. Fucking, not the music, the bullshit about whatever was going on in this motherfucker's head when she was high, you know what I'm saying? That's... <laughs> <laughs> so, after uh, Charlie and Thorn start uh, walking the dinosaur in here, <laughs> MO5 is like, oh, this is what we are doing now. And he starts doing it, too. He's a lot more clunkier moving around and stuff doing it, but, uh, yeah. And the digital, like, sort of projection of a face on the glass tube and stuff that serves as his head, like, turns into, like, a kind of, um, 8-bit digital representation of a, a dinosaur. <laughs> James shakes his head and goes back to his messages. Okay, I'm gonna do that, too. And I will get on my messages. <laughs> and tell my husband I'm alive, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Can we stop at a McDonald's before we go? <laughs> Is there a McDonald's on Chuffed? There's absolutely McDonald's, like, almost everywhere. Like, as soon as, like, you guys came to to be in this world and uh, are in this um, galaxy-wide society and everything like that, and your sort of experiences from Earth started getting adapted and, and brought over to, to the civilization, McDonald's was one of the first things that caught on. <laughs> I hope they have those, um, oh, crunchy critters. What are they called? They weren't really, like, chicken nuggets, but they were made from, like, the, the rats on that one planet. The Geralolf, right? Yeah, Geralolf. <laughs> I want the Geralolf. Those are amazing. I think my knees fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nope, never mind. They're still there. I just hope the McRib is back. Same. You know how they, like, take them away for a while and then they, like, bring them back every once in a while and it's, like, a thing? Yo, 
I came up with this great idea for McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Fucking I want my McRib with extra pickles, please, James. Extra pickles. Oh, right, man. Extra pickles is dope. <gasps> so I had this idea that they should come up for this hamburger, you know what I'm saying, for like adults and shit that bring their kids. Like they got all this marketing play stuff for kids, but the adults go there, what do they get? So I came up with this concept. It's called the Arch Deluxe. What do you think? There's complete silence in this spaceship right now. <laughs> I'm confused. What? Because they got the arches, you know what I'm saying? Fucking arch deluxe. It sounds like a grown-up burger, you know what I'm saying? It's not like Happy Meal or some shit. It sounds like a little kid to tried to decide what an adult burger would sound like and then said that. Nah, fuck you. You don't get it. <laughs> Go back to my messages. Do you know in like the... Dwellian system, they call it like the Royale with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, um, Jeeves pipes up. Attention, everybody, we are close to Chuff One, the planet. Uh, are we going to be stopping there? McDonald's. We're landing at McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, there are approximately, and like he looks down at the screen for a minute. And then he comes back up and he's like, there are uh, 42,000 McDonald's on the surface. Okay, we're landing at the 347th one. Sure thing. Near the equator. The meridian or the equator? Uh, there are places uh, along both, but 341. I'll, I'll, I'll just put that one in, sir. I mean, ma'am. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. And so, like, yeah, he, he puts in the <laughs> coordinates for McDonald's 341 and uh, starts to go down towards the, the planet. If you're enjoying LCP D&D, you can help us create more and more content by pledging any amount of money at patreon.com slash lcpdnd. The more money pledged, the more time and energy can be invested into making content for you. If you want to help us in other ways, you can buy merch at sonerdware.com slash lcp. You can write a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can share us on social media to get our name out there, and you can tell your friends. Regardless of what you decide, you're also welcome to join us in our Discord server for taking part in conversations, memes, and weekly TTRPGs that we play. Come play with us. The Discord link is in the episode descriptions and also at lcpdnd.com. Follow us on Twitter at lcpdnd. Chris the GM is at chrisreillylcp. Tim, who played Charlotte, is at idagrabyourgun. Kim, who played Allison, is at Metzgirl, that's M-E-T-Z girl, and she can also be found on the podcast's Beholder's Eye and Service Desk. I, Brian Bridges, the player of James Lamb, a.k.a. Bust a Cat, am at Manly Brian. And that's all for this episode. We'll see you on the next one. Can you say, uh, what about number 341? What was that? Can you have Jeeves say, what about number 341? Why? Why would I? Because uh, he said that he was going to take you to 341. Why would I need to repeat it that way? <laughs> we need an ending line. <laughs> well, th I thought that was the end ending line. Setting coordinates for 341 or whatever. Make it so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is that why what you did fuck? that? <laughs> to fucking shoehorn in a, a Picard thing? <laughs> 
make, make, oh make, 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 make it so. Make it so. Make, 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 make it so. Make it so. Make it your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm fucking, I'm fucking stopping recording now. <laughs> I'm loving it, dude. <laughs> you know, Jeeves, I love to see you smile. All right. So stopping recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay.